CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. On the one hand, we have those who claim that man is essentially good... On the other, we have those who insist that man is basically evil. Of course, it's possible to believe that man is a little bit of each. To complicate matters further, we have those who contend that good and evil are not absolutes, that they change with circumstances, customs, and cases. Well, an hour from now, we may all be somewhat wiser, perhaps. But are you sure you really want this, Alfredo? Who would refuse immortality? Consider, to achieve it, you will have to die tonight. Of course. You have to die in order to become immortal. But if you're dead, what good does it do you? I'll be immortal. But you won't know it. What's the difference? It will be true. Our mystery drama, Down the Garden Path, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Gordon Gould and Mandel Kramer. I'll be back shortly with Act One. The basic purpose of all politicians is to perpetuate themselves in office. That's what Niccolo Machiavelli said in the year 1500. And the reason we quote him, and why he is to become the hero, or, if you will, the central character of our story, is because his philosophy is so modern and so applicable to our present day. Therefore, once again, we validate the old adage, the more things change, the more they remain the same. Or, as the French would put it, plus ça change, plus c'est la même chose. I would just as soon you didn't mention the French, or the Spaniards, or the Germans. These are the predatory foreigners who continue to rape and pillage my beloved Italy. Beloved. Does that word seem strange on the lips of Niccolo Machiavelli? Why? Have I not devoted my entire life to the service of Florence, my city, and Italy, my country? I was never a rich man, or even a great one. I was never more than secretary to the ruling council of Florence. And I was always being called on to perform extra little duties. Please be seated, Niccolo. Thank you, Excellency. And how is the newlywed? Newly delighted with my newly found happiness, Excellency. And the beautiful bride, Mona Marietta. She glows. Ah, Niccolo, it breaks my heart. But I must ask you to abandon your nuptial cards to undertake a confidential mission. I am ever at your excellency's command. You must proceed at once to Imola at our special envoy, the Cesare Borgia. The Duke? The bandit. He is up to his usual mischief. He insists that we dismiss our Swiss and German mercenaries and hire his condottiere to protect the Republic. I seem to recall, sire, that we had signed a contract with him to that effect. And you should also recall that each of us has broken it in the past, as it may have suited our convenience. Yes, Excellency. Now Borgia tells us we must assume the salaries of his soldiers, or he will declare war on Florence. 
Go to him. And when he asks about the money, tell him nothing. Nothing, Your Excellency? Promise him nothing. And refuse him nothing. Buy for us the most precious commodity in the world. Time. And so I am sent as ambassador by Don Piero Soderini, president of the ruling council of the Republic of Florence. And I am expected to match wits with the illustrious Duke Cesare Borgia, one of the most ruthless and powerful nobles in Italy, a man of genius whose cunning and guile have already become legendary. Needless to say, the Duke saw through me at once. Ah, uh, Secretary, you've brought me the money. The money, Your Grace? From the Republic of Florence to pay the wages of 1,000 lancers and 3,500 infantry. No, Your Grace. Then why have you come here? I was sent to ascertain the nature of your demands. The nature of my demands has been crystal clear these past 18 months. And perhaps if we might review them. No matter how many times we review them, they shall still remain the same. And yet, Your Grace, isn't it a fact that nothing remains the same? Time is constantly altering circumstances. And what has time altered in our circumstances, Secretary? Florence has signed a treaty with King Louis of France. I am aware of it. He will come to our defense if... We are attacked. However, Secretary, isn't it possible that my artillery could breach the walls of Florence and my army could sack the city before his troops could arrive? And suppose I offered him half the loot? Would his troops even set forth? I can only repeat, sire, we have a treaty. All you have given King Louis is a piece of paper. I can send him a wagon train loaded with gold, silver, precious stones. His share of the spoils of the city of Florence. I demand immediate payment for my troops. I shall write to the council and inform them of your demand. Why is it necessary to write? Give the approval yourself. I have no authority to do that. Do you see how untrustworthy your government is? They send me an ambassador who has no power to decide anything. Yes? This letter has just arrived from Florence, sire. Excuse me, secretary, while I read this communication. Of course, Your Grace. No. This is infamous. Secretary, this is an outrage, even for Florence. Your Grace? I've just been informed that my kinsman, young Count Emilio de Forli, has been assassinated in your city last night. Your Grace, on behalf of Florence, may I express my deepest sympathy? I do not ask sympathy from Florence. I demand justice. I can assure Your Grace that justice will be done. My information tells me that the culprit is one Alfredo Petrucci... Since he is a member of an old and influential house, he will most likely escape justice. Alfredo Petrucci? Is your informant positive? He is a most reliable agent. No doubt. But I hasten to assure your grace that if Alfredo Petrucci is guilty, he will hang for his crime. Poor Emilio, hardly more than a child. So studious, so bright, such a brilliant future. But why should Alfredo have killed him? You know why, secretary. To strike a blow against the Borgias, who unjustly are disliked in Florence. I insist that the culprit pay. Of course. I shall sit down this evening and write to the council about your very strong feelings in this matter. No, Secretary. I would prefer if you were to leave for Florence the very first thing in the morning and convey those feelings in person. Tell your superiors, in no uncertain terms, that I will have justice. Thank you.
arrival of the letter was obviously planned for my benefit, Don Piero. This uh, kinsman of his, this young Emilia de Forley, was perhaps the most dissolute young rake in the city. His body was found outside a bordello near the Ponte Vecchio. And who killed him? There was a drunken brawl. By the time the watch could arrive, everyone had fled. And Alfredo Petrucci, the one accused? Alfredo has outgrown his youthful exuberances. He is not known to be one of the young bloods who frequent the district. Where was he on the night of the murder? He says he was with a lady. Who? Well, he refuses to compromise her. Now, Nicolo, we can pick up some vagabond and have him confess to the murder. I would advise against it, sire. There are ways to extract a confession. Yes, but for reasons of his own, Cesare Borgia wants the blood of Alfredo Petrucci. And the council must decide whether or not he is to get it. He is asking us for a favor. Yes, Don Piero. And he is placing himself in our debt. It means he is willing to pay for it. Why? I cannot say... But the matter is of such great importance that we cannot dismiss it lightly. Why? Why did Duke Cesare Borgia want Alfredo Petrucci tried and hanged for murder? There was no connection between them that I could see. And the relationship between himself and his slain kinsman, Emilio de Forli, was so distant and tenuous that it was almost non-existent. Finally, the council arrived at a decision. Nicolo, we have decided to arrest Alfredo Petrucci for the murder of Emilio de Forli. I see. What is it you see? I see that it may be desirable to appease Cesare Borgia by hanging Alfredo Petrucci. Have you also considered that the people will realize that Borgia is behind it and blame him for the execution of an innocent man? This will do him no good here politically. There is another possibility. May I speak freely, Don Piero? Always. While the people may be angry with Borgia, they may become furious with the council for giving in to him. Thus, in the long run, Borgia is ahead. There must be a way to do this, Nicolo. There must be a way. He looked at me as he said it. So naturally, what he meant was that I must find a way. But how? Until I could discover just why Borgia wanted Alfredo Petrucci's life, I could see no way to solve the problem. Indeed, I didn't even know what the problem was. And then, one day, I found out. She told me. She, Caterina di Modena, one of the most beautiful women in Italy, and the mistress of Cesare Borgia. Messeri Machiavelli. So kind of you to come. What man could lightly refuse a summons from the Queen of Beauty? May I offer you refreshment? I would rather you offered me enlightenment. They have arrested Alfredo Petrucci. And how does this concern you, Mona Caterina? May I rely on your honor? Of course. I love him. You love Alfredo Petrucci? Desperately. I see. And is this why Cesare Borgia wants him dead? I simply do not... I, I cannot understand Cesare. He abandons me weeks, months, even a year at a time to attend to his tiresome, never-ending military conquests. 
What am I supposed to do? If I wanted to live without love, I would have taken the veil. I now understand the nature of Duke Cesare's feeling against Alfredo. Oh, I told Cesare that Alfredo means nothing to me. But you said you loved him. Of course I love him. I love his handsome face and his curly hair and his slender and supple body. But in a few years, these shall be gone. His hair will fall out. His face will become lined and bloated. His body shall run to fat. Then what will be left for me to love? But Cesare, he's the man I shall love forever. Cesare shall also grow old and bald and bloated. Yes, but he shall always be Cesare. I wondered why Cesare wanted Alfredo's death. And now that I know, I see it doesn't matter. Why not? Because it changes nothing. Alfredo must die in any event. Oh, no, no. Please save him. How? Well, surely a way will occur to you. You give me too much credit. Oh, perhaps I am not giving you enough inspiration. Inspiration? Yes. Oh? I have the most beautiful gardens. Shall we go outside and stroll through them? Their loveliness should inspire all sorts of ideas. I should find that delightful. Come. See, the roses are in bloom. What a heavenly smell. Ah, oh, Messere Machiavelli. You would not take advantage of a poor, distraught, lovelorn lady. No, Mona Caterina, never. And you promise me, you give me your word that you will save poor Alfredo Petrucci. Save him? Yes, Messere, save him. Let me say this. I shall make him immortal. Immortal? Immortal. It's the best I can do. Is it good enough? Oh, yes, it is good enough. And now let us walk down this path. It leads to a most quiet, lovely, and private little bower. close on a stroll down a garden path. But who is taking whom for a walk? She seems to be quite a woman, this Caterina di Modena. Also, one who is considerably ahead of her time. But can she be ahead of Niccolo Machiavelli? This will form the substance of Act Two shortly. Machiavelli, we usually conjure up an image of a man deep in the great affairs that rock nations and the entire world. Actually, he operated on a more modest scale. His philosophy was based on some very basic observations of human nature and could be expressed in rather simple, straightforward terms. For instance, he is credited by many as being the author of the expression, there is no use crying over spilt milk. And just because Alfredo Petrucci has slept with his mistress, Caterina de Modena, Cesare Borgia, 
wants us to hang him on these trumped-up charges of murder? Yes, Don Piero. What do you make of it, Nicolo? I think, sire, that Borgia has decided not to press us too hard for the money to pay his condottieri. Why? He is not too sure of King Louis of France. He, too, is playing for time. Meanwhile, he wants to savor some sort of victory over Florence. Prove to us that he can bend us to his will. I am almost tempted to satisfy him. He is always demanding tangible evidence of our friendship. Yes, I know. And one life is a cheap price to pay. You betrayed me. Now, Mona Caterina... You promised me you would save him. I promised you I would make him immortal. Well, isn't that the same thing? Not quite. All I know is he shall stand trial and then be executed. We can only hope for the best. If the council gives in to this, this, this blackmail by Cesare, it will be the worst for them. Have you heard the people on the street? Yes, I always listen to the people on the street. They are outraged. That's true. It is no longer a matter of Alfredo's life. It has become now a test of the honor of Florence. I understand. You understand, and yet you propose to do nothing? I am even now considering a plan. Yes. Tell me. Um, shall we go for a stroll through your lovely garden? Niccolo Machiavelli, would you take unfair advantage of a poor, distraught, lovelorn lady? Oh, no, Mona Caterina. Never. Shall we? Very well, Messere Nicolo. Very well. I cannot tell you how deep and delightful a source of inspiration was Caterina di Nordema. And in that lovely garden bower, I conceived the idea that would be the salvation of Florence. And in a way, also, the salvation of Alfredo Petrucci. Thank you, Sergeant. You may leave us alone. Good morning, Alfredo. Is it morning? In this dank hole, no one can tell. I shall arrange for you to have more comfortable quarters. I want nothing from you, Messere Machiavelli. Perhaps you can even have a visitor. I want nothing from any official of the corrupt and cowardly government of Florence. A most lovely visitor. Please, please. Why must you torture me? Hang me. Get it over with. I brought some wine. I'll say this. It will do the council no good. Drink. You'll feel better. I shall proclaim my innocence in the courtroom. Now, my boy, you know better than that. They will get you to confess. Oh? You're sure of that? Finish your glass. Yes, I'm sure. I know. When they place a man on the rack and begin to stretch and finally break his bones, he will confess to anything. Then that's what they will have to do to me. Break me on the rack. But the people won't be fooled. They will know that I confessed because I was driven mad with pain. I had come here hoping to save you from all that. Oh, save me? How? I was hoping that you would agree to be dressed in brilliant robes. And that you would stand at the bar of justice filled with joy. And that men and women would weep at the sight of you. Yes? And in a voice filled with conviction, flowing with sincerity, you would confess to the murder of Emilio de Forley. That's what I think of your wife. Alfredo, listen. Never. Do you love your city of Florence? What is this to do with my confessing? Would for... you die for Florence? I am willing to die for Florence, but not for Cesare Borgia. Cesare Borgia is the most dangerous enemy of our city. Then why do we pander to him? Why don't we fight him? Oh, Alfredo, Alfredo. We were waiting. For what? For whom? A leader. You. 
Me? Yes, drink some more wine. No. No, you need it. It's good for you. It's so damp and cold in here. The devil take you and your wine. Here, and don't break the glass. It's my last one. Alfredo, what is the tragedy of our country? Please, leave me. I'll tell you. We don't fight for ourselves. We call in foreign princes to protect us. And then these rapacious people strip us of everything. What is all this to me now? In less than a week, I'll be dead. And as if the foreigners aren't bad enough, we have our own native bandits, condottieri, who pick away at the leftovers. And the most powerful of all these is Cesare Borgia. You will have to live with him from now on, not I. Italy could be a free, united, powerful country if... Do you know the if... Uh, uh, pour me a bit more of that wine. Mm. If we would raise our own armies. Do you agree? Ourselves, Venice, Pisa, all of us. Do we arm our own people? No. We hire bandits, foreigners and natives. This must stop. Uh, uh, don't shake that bottle when you talk, Miss Airy Machiavelli. You might drop it. I said we were waiting for a leader. He has arrived. Do you know who he is? Who? I told you already. You. Me? Uh, Miss Siri Machiavelli, if I'm the one who is drinking, why are you the one who is talking nonsense? You, Alfredo Petrucci, you decided to strike a blow for freedom, a blow for Florence. I did. Uh, when? When you killed Emilio de Forley. When I killed it. But I, I didn't. Now pay attention. Uh, my, my glass is empty. Easily remedied. Thank you. Now listen. Do you know who Emilio de Forley was? I never laid eyes on the man in all my life. Did you know he was an agent of Cesare Borgia? He was? He was sent here to undermine the Council of Florence, to incite the citizens to overthrow the government. The scoundrel! And in the confusion and disarray, Cesare Borgia would march in with his troops and take over the Republic. Oh, the treacherous villain! That's why you killed him. I... I what? That's why you killed him. Uh, Messeri Machiavelli, I may be, uh, drunk, yes, but I'm not quite drunk enough to swallow that. Alfredo, the deepest desire of your heart is to ensure the freedom of your beloved Florence. That's why you killed Emilio de Forley. To rouse the people. But I didn't... You must ju- stand at the bar of justice, as I have just said, and proclaim your guilt proudly. I have no intention... What of... a speech you shall make. Fellow citizens, I, even if I were the only one, had decided that I must strike a blow for Florence. And so I killed the wretch. Let Cesare Borgia know that death awaits all his minions and himself, should he dare to set foot within our gates. Please, Messeri Nicola, I'm miserable enough now. Have some more wine. Uh, Thus, you become a hero to all of Florence. Mm, a dead hero? No, my boy. You will become a hero who shall live forever. You shall be immortal. But I'll be dead. Well, yes. You must die in order to achieve immortality in the first place. But that's an insignificant detail. Well, not to me. My boy, death comes to us all sooner or later. What are a few years, more or less? Everything. I offer you immortality. What will I do with it? Is there a drop left in that bottle, Messer Nicolo? Listen, my friend. Already Florence hails you as a martyr. Uh, It's empty. I have another in my bag. Do this. Die for Florence. 
You love Florence? Yes, 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 I love her. Oh, my boy, she shall repay you with her adoration forever. Messeri Nicolo, I've listened to you. I know. And I don't believe a word you're saying. You don't? No. Very well. Let me prove it. Prove what? That Florence already worships you. Sergeant of the Guard! And so I took him out of the prison under escort. We rode through the streets of the city. The people crowded along the route. And along the way, you could hear whispers. Excited whispers. It's Alfredo Petrucci. Alfredo the Martyr. Alfredo the Saint. See, Alfredo. What did I tell you? See, the people. I... I... I don't know what to say. Why is everyone so quiet? If you were just an ordinary hero, the air would be split with shouts and cheers and salutes. But you, Alfredo Petrucci, are destined for immortality. And this is the respectful silence which is louder than all the artillery of Cesare Borgia. But I don't understand. Already they have been told why you killed Emilio. But, but I, I didn't kill him. Who is right? You or the entire city? But... My boy, look at these faces. See what you have done. See the fires that smolder in everyone's eyes. See the resolve on everyone's jaw. You have turned Florence into a proud city. A city that will fight for its freedom. Don't betray these people. We returned to his cell. There was a great look of exaltation on his face. Somehow you could sense that there was something different about him. I offered him some more wine. No, thank you, Nicolo. Well, Alfredo, you saw for yourself. Yes, yes, I saw. I saw how my deepest and dearest wish could be fulfilled. If I die now, I will live forever. They will sing songs about you, write verses. Your picture shall adorn every patriotic home in Florence. You're right. I must die for the murder of Emilio de Forli. How clearly I see it. Which proves what? Anyone can be convinced of anything as long as the convincer is of the caliber of Niccolo Machiavelli. But do all of his problems end here? How can they? This is only the curtain for the second act. politicians could borrow a leaf from the book of Niccolo Machiavelli, and the successful ones already have. The story we are telling you now concerns Niccolo Machiavelli when he was younger and first learning the business. You must agree, he was quite an apt pupil. Ah, Niccolo. Don Piero, I have solved the problem. Good. Alfredo Petrucci will confess to the murder of Emilio de Forli. He killed him because Forli was a spy for Cesare Borgia. In short, it was a patriotic murder. Excellent. Thus, 
he dies a martyr, and the entire Republic of Florence is united in its hatred of Cesare Borgia. Splendid, Niccolo. I always knew we could depend on you. Thank you, sire. Alfredo Petrucci. He had been transferred to a rather comfortable suite of rooms in the council building itself. Crowds stood outside in the streets, hoping for a glimpse of him at the windows. He was allowed to receive visitors, and the apartment was filled with nobles, artists, clergy, dignitaries of all kinds. Finally, I was able to corner him alone for a few minutes. Ah, Messere Niccolo, they told me you were waiting. So good of you to receive me, Alfredo. Oh, Niccolo, I'm not one to forget my friends. I owe all of this to you. Oh, now. Mm, it's true. Had it not been for you, I would have been a poor, stubborn wretch broken on the rack. And for what purpose? For what purpose, indeed? Now, thanks to you, I shall achieve immortality. I'm glad I was able to assist you. Immortality? Do you know who was here to see me yesterday and study my face for a portrait? Leonardo da Vinci. Who? The great Leonardo. And... Mona Caterina? Yes. Mona Caterina has insisted on braiding the hanging rope with colorful silk and threads of gold. The hangman was moved to tears. I see. If only you knew how lovely she is. How soft. How tender. I know. I know. Look at me. I am the luckiest man who has ever lived. Nicolò. Sit down. Sit down. Alfredo's trial begins tomorrow. Yes. Is something wrong? It is why I have sent for you. I have just received a letter from King Louis of France. Yes, Don Piero? He wants Alfredo to plead not guilty. And he wants me to instruct the court to acquit him. But why? Alfredo's sister, Diana. It seems she is the mistress of the Chevalier Saint-Denis... He's the king's nearest and dearest friend. Why does everybody's mistress always seem to be getting us into these scrapes? So, Alfredo must change his plea. But it would be good for Florence if he were hanged for that murder. I agree. It would unify the city and fan the fires of patriotism. Which may also be an element in King Louis' thinking. Alfredo even wants to plead guilty. I know. What's to be done now? Now, you must talk him out of it. But... I don't know if I can do that. Why not? You talked him into it. Miss Addy Nicolo, I sent for you because I am highly displeased. I am devastated if I am the cause of No, I won't let you talk around me. I understand you intend to rob Alfredo of his immortality. Now, Mona Caterina... How could you be so cruel? I am thinking of his happiness. But he is deliriously happy now. By living, he can do more for Florence than by dying. I don't believe you. Caterina, have I ever lied to you? Have I? Well... Let me convince you of how fondly I hold his interest in my heart. How dedicated I am to his happiness. Very well. Tell me I'm listening. Uh, how, how can we talk of such vital matters here? Let us walk in the garden. Niccolo, you wouldn't take advantage of a poor, deserted, lovelorn lady now, would you? I'm sure I convinced the beautiful, charming, delightful Mona Caterina of my sincerity. But convincing Alfredo was another matter. He wore his immortality like a cloak. 
He refused to take it off. But you were the one who told me, die for Florence. Listen to me, Alfredo. I have committed a sin. So have you. But I am the one whose guilt is greater. I lied to you. Lied? I convinced you to claim that you killed Emilio de Forley. But I did kill Emilio de Forley. No. Well, how can you say no? Emilio de Forley was carelessly stabbed to death in a drunken brawl outside a bordello near the Ponte Vecchio. That's a lie. I killed him. How did you kill him? When? Where? I stabbed him. I... It, it was... I... I killed him. No. But, but you promised me immortality. I know, but things change. I don't care. I have seen immortality. I have touched it. I've tasted it. Alfredo, immortality is only granted to us by the Creator. You cannot earn immortality if you go to a liar's death. But it's not a lie. I want to stand in the condemned box. I want to hurl my accusation at Cesare Borgia. I want to go to my patriot's death and my hero's reward. My poor Alfredo. And nothing, nothing you can hope to say will deprive me of it. It looked that way. And it seemed that perhaps he might not be the only prisoner in the box. I had a most unsatisfactory interview with Don Piero Soderini, president of the council. He refuses to change his plea. That is right, Don Piero. But it is the express desire of King Louis XII to France that Alfredo plead innocent of the murder of Emilia de Forli. That he be acquitted. I understand, Excellency. Something must be done immediately. Of course. It was your idea to begin with. This whole harebrained scheme to have him proclaim his guilt in order to fan the patriotic flame in Florence, wasn't it? Yes, Don Piero. So, now you will get that boy to change his pleas. Do you understand? I understood only too well. But what could I say to Alfredo? The fact is, I had spun the web that trapped him originally. And I spun it too well. However, there will always be those times when appeals to the intellect are doomed to failure. That is when we must think of other parts of the human organism. Once again, I asked for an escort, and we rode across the city to the Church of the Santa Croce. A beautiful place where all the famous are entombed. Why have you brought me here? To look at immortality, Alfredo. Immortality? Which you avidly desire. Well... Where is it? Look about you. Underneath all these beautifully carved marble stones are tombs. And we walk on them. See? The inscriptions. All the mighty names of Italy. Medici's, Sforza's, Borgia's, Orsini's, Dante d'Alighieri. All of them are immortal here. This is immortality. Is this what you want? Yes. Yes. It's so cold. But it's beautiful. Come with me. Well, this is where... This is the home of Mona Caterina. Come. Let us dismount. Why have you brought me here? We shall go this way. Around the side, to the beautiful gardens. Mona. My Mona Caterina. Hurry, hurry. See, the garden. Isn't it just the way you remembered it? Ah, how could I forget? 
At the church, you saw, you felt the damp, cold chill of immortality. I have brought you here so that you may feel the sweet, warm breath of mortality. Katerina, is, is she here? Is she here? <laughs> what shall it be, my young hero? A cold tomorrow under the floor of Santa Croce? Or a warm today in the arms of Mona Caterina? Here in the quiet, lovely, private bower where she comes to you. Decide. It wasn't really a difficult decision, nor did it take very long. I went home feeling quite pleased with myself. I had saved my career and possibly my freedom, if not my life, when a summons came to appear before Don Piero. Now what? Nicolo... You must do it all over again. Do what, Your Highness? We have just received word. Cenere Borgia is incensed. He feels we have broken our word in this Alfredo Petrucci matter. He wants him to hang. But King Louis wants him to go free. Borgia is even now en route to Florence with an army of 10,000 men. King Louis is too far away to be of any use to us. Nicolo, you were right. We must fan the flames of patriotism. Only the Florentines cannot defend Florence. Yes, Don Piero. And so, to fling this challenge in Borgia's face, we must have Alfredo proclaim that he killed Borgia's henchman. Yes, sire. I, I am aware that this may present you with a certain amount of difficulty. But I have every confidence... In your powers of persuasion. And so, without thinking, I went to Mona Caterina's palazzo. I say without thinking, because if I had stopped to think, I may very well have gone mad. When I arrived there, I took young Alfredo, who was fresh-faced and filled with love and joy, aside. Nicolo... I find you're a man of unusual wisdom. Thank you. You are always worth listening to. Then listen to this. Do you remember what I told you about immortality? Oh, yes. How could I ever forget? Well, then... Nicolo, this message just arrived from the council. It is marked urgent. Thank you, Katharina. Uh, will you excuse me, my friends, for a moment? I broke the seal. The great red seal of the council. The letter was written by... By Don Piero himself. Messere Nicolo Machiavelli, please be advised that Cesare Borgia was killed this morning in an ambush set up by rebellious units of his own condottieri. Thus, the tyrant perishes. And the matter of the murder of Emilio de Forli can be allowed to sink into oblivion. The council thanks you for your dedicated efforts in this affair and has decided to award you with a richly deserved holiday. Why not spend the next few days with your beautiful new bride, Mona Marietta? Messere Nicola? Nicola? Hmm? Oh, oh, yes. That, that was good news, I hope. Oh, yes, yes, of course. You were about to talk to me on the subject of, uh, immortality. Oh, that. Um, don't worry about it. 
Concentrate on mortality, especially in secluded places in a lovely garden. Ah. And uh, do you have such a place in your gardens? No. But I'm on my way home right now to build one. Because Niccolo Machiavelli was a man who enjoyed all the delights life had to offer. Yes, we live once, he said. And whatever joys we miss, we miss forever. But you won't miss me. I shall be back shortly. principles that Machiavelli developed do not represent his own personal feelings, which, when he allowed himself to express them, were rather generous. Rather, they emerged from what he saw. He lived among the powerful, and his writings merely reflect their actions. And, of course, when he says that those who rule are unaware of morality and responsive only to expediency, who can prove him wrong? Our cast included Gordon Gould, Mandel Kramer, Russell Horton, and Joyce Gordon. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. Oh, Phyllis, what do you want? Maybe just to know who I'm talking to. Is this really Dr. Hall? Internist, endocrinologist, research fellow in a welter of medical technical terms I don't understand... Or is this just fun-loving Gary, whose sexual appetites are never quite satisfied? I don't know what you're talking about, Phyllis, but really, I wish... Look, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I want you to fire that so-called female doctor who was sharing your research lab these last two months and come on home. Phyllis, be reasonable. Dr. Thurston is invaluable to me. Get rid of her. I've had it. You'll march to my tune, or I'll bring our house of cards down around our ears. I could kill her. Why do you jump every time she pulls the string? No, I'm brainwashed. There's nothing else I can do. Why don't you get rid of her? This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.